Hi everyone. Last week we heard about the story of the beginnings of our own church. And we also heard something of the story of the family of churches we're a part of, New Frontiers. Now this week, we're going to consider God's big story, which includes his plan for his people, the church. This is the overarching story of the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And we're going to consider why it is so important for us to know the story we're in as God's redeemed people. So first, let me give you a brief overview of that story. Here it is. At the very beginning, there was God. He spoke, and when he did, he created the universe and everything in it. He created the light and the water, the sun, the moon, stars, all the animals. And then he decided to make a special creation, humankind. And he patterned them after himself. So God created man and woman, and he had a perfect relationship with them. He walked with them and he talked with them. He took care of them and, to and told them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the whole earth. But one day, the man and woman rebelled against God. They broke their relationship with God. They were separated from God. And the man and woman, they did have children. Their children had children. And then their children had children until all the earth was filled with people. But just like that first man and woman, their descendants continued to be separated from God. However, God never forgot his special creation. Now, one day, God spoke to a man named Abraham. And he told Abraham, I'm going to give you many descendants and they will be a people just for me. I will bless the whole world through this people who belong to me. And even though Abraham was a very old man at that time, he believed God. And God counted Abraham as having a good and right relationship with him because of his faith. Well, God kept his promise to Abraham. And Abraham did have a son, and his son had sons. And these people God had chosen were called to bless the whole world. Sometimes they followed God, but most of the time they were disobedient, just like that first man and woman. So, God would send spokesmen or prophets to the people to show them how they could have a good and right relationship with him. Now, one of these prophets was named Isaiah. And Isaiah brought a message to Abraham's descendants, a message of hope about a promised Savior. He said this, We've all gone away from God, and we've gone away from His ways. We sin. But God says, I'm sending you a Savior who will take all of your sins on Himself, and He will be whipped and beaten, and He will die because of your sins. But I will give Him life again. And because of Him, you can have a right and good relationship with me. And Isaiah also gave this prophecy about what would finally happen because of this promised Savior who was to be born as a descendant of Abraham. He said, the whole earth will be filled with people who know me just like the waters fill the sea. And from that time on, they waited expectantly for this promised Savior. And they waited and they waited. But God did keep his promise to Abraham's descendants. He sent this promised Savior, Jesus, God's very own Son. 
And Jesus proved that he was indeed the Savior by performing many miracles and by healing the people. And even demons recognized his authority, and he cast them out of those who were tormented by them. He revealed in these ways that he is the Lord over all. Well, not everyone recognized who Jesus was, but many people did follow him. And Jesus taught his followers. One day he told them this, If you follow me, I will give you eternal life. You, can, you belong to me and no one can take you away from me. God and I are the same. Well, those who did not believe in Jesus became very angry when he said that he and God were the same. So they convinced the government to have him executed. And just as God had said, Jesus was whipped, he was beaten, and he died. But just as God had said, Jesus was given life again. And afterwards, Jesus showed himself to his followers, and he proved beyond a shadow of doubt that he had come back from the dead. For 40 days he taught his followers, and he told them, I will leave you soon, but when I do, I will send God's Spirit to you. And when you receive God's Spirit, you will receive power, power to tell everyone about me. So go into the whole world and tell people about me. Teach them to obey what I taught you. And when they believe in me, baptize them. Have them undergo this symbolic washing in water to show that they've become my followers. They have turned from sins and turned to God through believing in me. Well, one day, Jesus did leave those followers. He went up into the clouds right in front of their eyes. And as they were watching all of this, Two angels appeared to them and asked why they were just looking up into the sky. The angel said to them, Jesus will come back one day in the same way he left. Well, Jesus' followers waited for God's promised Holy Spirit. And several days later, they were meeting together and there was a sound like a mighty windstorm and it filled the place where they were. And what looked like fire came down and rested upon each of them. And all of them were filled with God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in languages they'd never learned before. Well, there were many people in that city from all over the world celebrating a religious festival. And they heard the followers speaking in their own languages. And some of the crowd were amazed at what they heard. And they said, how can this be? What does this mean? Others just laughed and mocked them. Well, one of Jesus' followers named Peter came forward to explain what was happening. And he told them the good news about Jesus who had been raised from the dead. And that everything that was happening was because Jesus had kept his promise to send God's Spirit to fill his followers. Well, that day... 3,000 people believed the good news and were baptized to show that they were turning away from their disobedience and putting their trust in Jesus. And they too received the gift of God's Spirit and became part of God's people. Each day, God added more and more people to this group of followers who were devoted to receiving teaching, assembling together, eating together, remembering Jesus, and praying to God. 
This growing group of followers of Jesus went everywhere telling people the good news about Jesus. This was the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham many years before. All those who put their faith in Jesus are made part of God's people who will be a blessing to all the other people groups on the earth. This special people Jesus calls his church. Well, years later, one of those first followers of Jesus named John saw visions of the second coming of Jesus when God's purpose to, fulfill, to fill the whole earth with people who know and love him would be completed. And in his vision, John saw people from every tribe, every language group, every nation praising God and delighting in him in a new heaven and new earth. And there on that renewed earth, John saw a beautiful city full of light. The throne of God and his son Jesus were there. And he heard a voice cry out, Oh, look, God lives with his people. He made his home with them. And all of them from every nation are bringing glory and honor to him. He has wiped away all the tears from their eyes. There's no more death, suffering, crying, or pain. These things of the past are gone forever. Well, that's a brief summary of the story that we're a part of. And now, it's so important that we capture this story. In your small groups, please take a few minutes now to think about some reasons why it's so important for us to know this story. And then I'll come back and share some thoughts of my own. Please pause the video now and take a few minutes to discuss this question. Well, welcome back. It's clear when we don't know the story we're in, the story of the scriptures that tells of creation, the fall, redemption, and new creation, it's going to drastically affect how we relate to the world around us. I'd like to give you an example of this. Let me mention four different groups of people who were around during the days when Jesus was here on earth and were living their lives in the light of an alternate story from the one truly revealed in God's big story in the Bible. First, there was a group called the Pharisees. They were religious leaders and moralists, and they strongly insisted on keeping the Jewish laws that marked them out as a separate people. They were separatists. They were nationalists. Anyone who did not obey these laws that separated them from all the other people groups would be expelled from their land. A second group were the Sadducees. These leaders strove to maintain a position of influence over others, and in order to keep their power, they tried to maintain favor from the Roman government that occupied their nation. Therefore, they collaborated with the Romans and endeavored to simply maintain the status quo. They had no taste for radical change. A third group were the Zealots. These people were a subculture in their own nation who longed to get back to the way things once were. They were revolutionaries. They were zealots for their nation and wanted to be rid of all the foreign and pagan pollution around them. That's what they considered it to be. They were typically well armed and they were prepared to use violence to achieve their ends if necessary. Now the final group 
uh, were a group called the Essenes. And they were convinced that their culture was way too corrupt to ever change or be changed. And they believed that they were the only good people left. They chose the path of withdrawal from society and they wanted to live separate lives, keeping themselves away from all the polluting influences of what they called the sons of darkness. They often spoke of how the time of God's judgment must certainly be very close now. Now these alternative stories have tended to repeat themselves over and over again through history. They differ greatly from God's big story in the Bible, which centers on Jesus Christ and the community he came to raise up. Let's make sure that as a church we know the story God has called us to live in. That we're engaging with that story so that we might live the story in this world and in our generation. Well, thank you for joining uh, for this talk today. Please take some time now in your groups to discuss the following questions that are going to come up on the screen after. God bless you all. What were the four groups and basic alternate stories mentioned? Which of these stories have you had a tendency toward? What sort of fruit do these alternative stories tend to produce? In what ways does the fruit of God's big story differ from these alternate stories?